0: Good morning and welcome to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, uh, hailing from Cajun Land, USA. Here to present you with, <clears throat> excuse me, here to present you with uh, seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And we are, as we are attempting to do. Uh promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. We hope to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being and impacting the world around you. And as always, we encourage you to join us on this illuminating journey. You can do so in several ways, of course. First way is you can call in. We do have a uh phone you can call three four seven two three seven Grove. That's the number to call if you want to get your voices. And um uh, get your opinion thoughts insights on the air and hit us up on the chat line we do have the chat line open on blogtalkradio.com slash, um you can get in the chat room that is up and running send uh, us an email com. send us out. we're on twitter at prophesy we have our facebook page that you can uh like uh zero network on facebook at, and um also Skype, which are just everywhere. You got, we're glad to be here. But you gotta excuse me. Um, I don't know. You know, the Mississippi weather, the Louisiana and Mississippi weather. I, I tell you, you stay in it long enough, you'll you, you'll never get used to it. One day it's cold. Yesterday it was so warm. I think it was like almost seventy five degrees. I mean, it was warm, and today it's cool. And I'm a bit congested, and I've been coughing, and so y'all pray for me. As a matter of fact, we're going to go to prayer right now before we get into the show. We got a lot of things we want to talk about. Uh, uh, Andy, Andy Stanley and his sermon to the president during the inauguration, um, the Boy Scouts uh, and their decision to allow gay scouts, uh, a couple other things we're going to try to get into as time allows and permits, and we engage, encourage you to engage us in this wonderful, wonderful dialogue. But first, let's go to the Lord of prayer. God, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for this day that you've made. Pray, God, forgive us, cleanse us from our sins. And let us do a wonderful broadcast to the glory of your name, to the edification of your people, is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Like I said, the chat room is open. So if you want to get in, uh, you can get in and share and whatever. Hey y'all, if I do sound like I'm loose, I am, uh, uh, <laughs> If it's not all that, it's 'cause I'm I'm on drugs. <laughs> no, not those kind of drugs. Probably should be, but no. Like I said, this this weather's just throwing me all out of whack. So uh, I I don't know if it's my sinuses are draining or whatever it is, but um, man, I tell you, it's it's interesting. But I am not going to let that get best, get the best of me. Uh, because again, it's another day. Again, it's another. Day. You know what? It's Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl week. Uh, it's Super Bowl week, and I'm. I'm I mean, honest with you. I really hadn't. I really hadn't been paying much attention to the playoffs once the Saints lost. Uh, yeah, that's just the reality. Uh, y'all know I'm a big Saints fan. Hey, that's the way we roll back home, and so. But but uh, you know, there's no town better than the host of Super Bowl than the good old Crescent City, the big old Easy, the old Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana. Hosting the Super Bowl and then the following week, matter of fact, doing that week, while well, <laughs> I mean, it's also Mardi Gras. It's Carnival season. Parades are going around. It's crazy down there. It, it, it's crazy. Uh, Shouts out to the people. A uh, matter of fact, everybody, every town is having a Mardi Gras parade this weekend. Shouts out to you. Have fun. Be safe. All that stuff. I wish I could be down there, man. I wish I could. Uh, um, so it's Mardi Gras season. There's parades going around. And the Super Bowl. And the climax of the Super Bowl is two, two, you know, two things. First, you know, you have the Ravens and the 49ers. I, it, I want to say that the 49ers right. That show you how bad it is. I have not been mad. I know, I know it's Baltimore. And I know that Ray Lewis is is, is attempting to go out on top. And, I, you know, you have to come I mean, here. I've, I've followed his career. And I think about the incident, the shooting incident that, that almost got him in jail and how – and I say this, it was nothing but the hand of the Lord that that um, you don't have to believe that or not, I, you know, justice ruled in his behalf. and You know, he was able to continue his career. And you think about all the athletes who get involved in, you know, the lifestyle, you know, that comes with being a professional athlete, the the fame, the fortune and all of that. And how easy it is to get distracted and how easy it get overtaken by that, that, you know, all of that and it's it's the same way for everybody but you know but and and to have to to have recovered from that incident to know that his life was almost lost his career was almost over and to have come back from that and to have won championship and to have uh to have had the kind of career that he's had over uh, you know all these decades um, this, you know this time that he's been a professional athlete It's just a wonderful thing to see that he can end his career on a high if they win, if they win. And uh, I don't have any favors, you know. I really don't have any favors. But uh, that would be a wonderful Cinderella story, I guess you could say, or uh, wonderful, you know, like the movies that have that that good ending (laughs) kind of thing. I, I think that would be wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful for him. But you know, reality is people ain't really caring. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm being, I'm over generalizing. The real highlight is Beyonce at halftime. That's going to be the real highlight. Matter of fact, that's most people assume it's just her concert and it's a football game that just happens to be playing while she's, you know, at at her concert. You know, it's all about Beyonce, and with all the slack that she's been getting. Uh, regarding the performance at the inauguration ceremony, uh, I, I know I'm quite sure she' gonna do her best to put on a one. <laughs> she' gonna show out. I, I won't be there, and I, I won't, more than likely won't be watching uh, because we have a uh, we're celebrating, and in, in the 80th, but one of the services will be I'll be at, so I, I'll miss all the festivities. I right? catch it on DVR <laughs> later, and you know. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are probably gonna be at the Super Bowl just for that. I know a lot of people gonna be in New Orleans because uh, not only uh, again, not only are there just parades galore going on in that area, but uh, you know, thousands of people coming in for the football game, uh, thousands of people coming in for Mardi Gras balls and all those things. I mean, it's just gonna be chaotic, and and certainly uh, Mayor Landrew. It was going to have a hard, uh, a wonderful test, um, uh, a wonderful test of, of police enforcement, law enforcement. They're going to be tested. I, I already know that. And it's also going to be a wonderful sign to see um, uh, for those people who are coming in who haven't been since Katrina. They'll be able to see, uh, uh, I guess we can call it a rebirth in New Orleans. So uh, let me look at that. And, and I got it, you know, my my, my home state you know, we we deserve a little little bit of the uh, good publicity. You know, we we got to have some every now and then. You know, only for our benefit. Hey, what can I say? I got to brag. Saints are not playing in the Super Bowl. They're being good hosts and they're they're you know entertaining. And hey, it's the greatest party. And what what better way to party than party in New Orleans? But hey, to those who are going and who be celebrating, you know, be careful. I mean, and whatnot. I, I tried to get some I tried to get some of my brass band music here. But I was having a little difficulty pulling it up, so I can't get no brass band. But I will tell you next week I'll probably have some rebirth going on, some dirty dozen uh, you know, get a little brass band, get a little Mardi Gras feel going in here as we as we get that Mardi Gras excitement built up and then get ready for Lent the season of fasting and the 40 days of consecration that so many christians will give up whatever they're going to give up i don't know i'm i i've stopped giving up things during lent you know i'm like if i can't give myself up throughout the year why wait 40 days and then pick up the same stuff but that's just me anyway so uh we got a lot to talk about i want uh want to talk about um pastor andy stanley who is the son of Pastor Charles Stanley. They're both uh, uh, renowned ministers of the gospel with mega ministries, all... But, and we're going to talk about them and uh, talk about him and his his uh, sermon at the um, uh, inauguration church service prior to the inauguration ceremony, some of the things that he said. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about... Um, Excuse me. We're also going to talk about uh, the um, there. There's a uh, oh Ben Jealous. Ben Jealous, who president of the NAACP, made some stunning remarks uh, about African Americans and their state since uh, President Obama has been in, in office and, and has made some very interesting comments. Some things I have been saying before, and a lot of others have been saying, but gets endured by the overall uh, uh, general public, uh, you know, the majority of African Americans. So we're going to talk about what he said uh, regarding the state of black people under President Obama. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff. Um, some quirky news. Uh, uh, um, well, not really quirky, but uh, uh church in, uh, in Oklahoma is teaching uh uh teaching gun gun concealed how to you know, a gun concealed class. What is it? Uh and and the impact of that on the church, uh as in in light of uh the gun excuse me, executive orders and gun law and gun control arguments and things that these be these people are presenting that um presenting before that. So we got a lot to talk about and hopefully we can get into it and, you know, I I don't ramble too much um you're always welcome to join us and get your insight on this show. However you want to do it. We appreciate it. We're glad that you're joining in us. Uh join in on the show. And uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back from the break, we will get into the topics at hand. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> golf's best tourism season in years. All because so many people wanted to visit us in Louisiana. They came to see us in Florida. Nice try. They came to hang out with us in Alabama. Once folks heard Mississippi had the welcome sign off, they couldn't wait to get here. This year was great, but next year's going to be even better. And anyone who knows the golf knows that winter is prime time fun time. The sun's out the water's beautiful. You can go deep sea fishing for amberjack, grouper, and mackerel. Our golf courses are open. Our bed and breakfast has special rates. And migrating waterfowl from all over make this a bird watcher's paradise. So if you missed it earlier this year, come on down. If you've already been here, come on back to Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. The Gulf's America's getaway spot, no matter where you go. So come on down and help make 2012 an even better year for tourism on the Gulf. Brought to you by BP and all of us who call the Gulf home. Hey, friends, uh, Valentine's Day is getting close. Matter of fact, it's closer than you think. And if you blink, you just might miss it. So let me help you out by getting you an opportunity to get some gifts to your loved ones that you just, I, I guarantee they'll love. And i tell you what, how about visiting Incredible Edible Creations and ordering a wonderful uh, edible creation, uh uh, table, not, not table, but food that they could eat and enjoy. You know, it's healthy too because they make a lot of good stuff. They, you know, they 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 can create some wonderful watermelon creations and and fruit baskets and and and, and chocolate, you know, all the stuff that you can imagine. They, they can make it happen for you. And, and I tell you, I've had it and I, I enjoy it, and I, I know you would. So. Instead of getting that card and candy, be a little creative and go visit Incredible Edible Creations. You can call them at 903-445-5318. That's 903-445-5318. That's the number to call. You can place an order. They do ship, and they ship there. It, it, get it, quality, wonderful, still good condition, and you'll love it. So instead of going to Walmart and getting the cheap stuff, visit Incredible Edible Creations and call, giving them a call today and they can get you the best thing, the most unique gift for you, for your loved one, for that special person in your life on Valentine's Day. And I guarantee you won't be disappointed. That's incredible edible creations. Look at their Facebook page and like it. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You've heard the saying, clothes make the man. Used to be that way with suits. Wear one and you'd start to think like one. Wall Street before Main Street, profit before people. Well, that's changing. I mean, look around. You see a lot more guys wearing suits. They're not thinking like suits. What it comes down to is this: today, you don't have to be one to wear one. You're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. I don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive Claim Service. Hey, welcome back to Zero the, the Day again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're glad that you joined us. If you want to get your voice in on the air, give us a call, 347-237-5230. The chat room is open, so you can get your thoughts in on there. We've got a lot to talk about. We're going to jump right in, uh, and we're going to start, with this, start off this segment talking about the Boy Scouts of America the boy scouts remember. Now, uh I am a former boy scout. I almost I mean, I went all the way up the rank. I only th- I did not make eagle scout, but I got all the way there. Uh as top, you know, as far as I can get. <laughs> I was busy in high school and, and anyway, I digress. But um they have uh the national organization has now officially announced that it will Lift the ban on homosexuals. Uh, they allow gay boys into the Boy Scouts. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a Boy Scout, we had gay boys in there, we, and we knew it, and we, didn't, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, They were taught the same thing. They took the same pledge. When we went camping, they did the same thing we did, learned to tie the same knots, sang the same songs, did everything, had the same respect, pride, and love for the scouts and for the country and for the community, and it it wasn't a big deal. Uh, But, you know, in in light of all this the lobbying and and all the – uh, the the intolerance on, on the behalf of those who are a uh, part of the LGBT uh, community. And I have nothing against them. Uh, but, you know, they put the pressure on, and now the Boy Scouts are, are you know, lifting the ban. And it really wasn't a ban, in my opinion. It really wasn't a ban. Um, uh, because most boys who entered, you know, when they were Cub Scouts, they you – know, they kind of understood once you if you went all the way through it you understood the system you understood the uh what 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 the scouts were about even if you joined you understood what the scouts were about so there really wasn't any discrimination I, at least i can say you know but there may have been on, on others in, in my in my in my den and in my troop uh there was no discrimination we had um at, at least in one troop i was in uh one troop i was in we i know we had them in another troop i was that was later in i i can't tell you <laughs> I, I doubt if we had any that were open I, well i know we didn't have any who was open i doubt if we had any who were secretly homosexual you know in the closet i, I doubt that but what does that say uh, my question is what does it say about uh these you know um organizations that have been privately run and they get this pressure. What does it say about our country? What does it say about the church? What was this? What does it say about uh? And, and this kind of ties in uh in with the next story uh with Pastor Stanley, and Stanley, Stanley. But um, I mean, it will it change the Boy Scouts of America if they let gay people in, gay boys in? I don't think so. Matter of fact, I know it won't. It won't change. The same scout. You say you'll have the same scout uh, motto, You'll have the same scout pledge. You you have everything won't change. Now, if they start a uh, changing stuff because of that, then there's a problem because I'll I have a problem with that. I, you shouldn't have to change your identity. You shouldn't have to change the very essence of your organization uh, because of a a group. Now. The the counter argument to that is that that's what we did nationally during the civil rights. That's what the country did. the The overall atmosphere, the overall uh, the country had to change to reflect adaptation of uh, blacks into mainstream. You know, when when segregation was put asunder under Brown versus the Board of Kansas, you know when uh, when that was placed asunder. Uh, and when, after inter- integration at Central Central High School in Little Rock, uh, after all that, you know, the country had to adapt, and they they were forced, you know, through legislation to change. And in some ways, it was a good thing because, it, you know, it it was a necessary change. But we're talking about something that's menial and trivial to me. Begin, uh, but uh, again, because what will it say to churches? You know, churches are private organizations. Churches are and I, I know this is a big uh, a big comparison and and probably not the best comparison, but again we're we're talking about a private organization here we're pro- talking about an organization that has been in existence over hundred years that has been well established that has an identity that uh is credible and reputable and and now you are seeking to change that that identity. The kind of argument to you know, when I ask that question is, is, is you know there are already churches that have have changed that identity, and there are those churches uh such as the metropolitan community of churches which is an actively openly um uh affirming church that's the key word there you know when you hear that word affirming that's that's a key word that that means that they' are, uh they 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 you know they're pretty much homosexual. When you hear a church that said they are affirming, Uh, I don't have to put that in my church. I affirm everyone. I mean, the gospel of Christ empowers me as a pastor and, and empowers our members as people of the way, people of Christ, to affirm everybody, not to affirm their behavior. Okay. and i'm not negating i'm i'm not saying that uh, well homosexual is homosexuality is much as a behavior as it is a um you know some people will call it a um lifestyle some people would call it genetic I, you know, I i don't have the the credentials or the means to argue that and neither will uh i try to argue that but what i what i will say is that when we when we get this sense of having to be forced to cause it to exist in the beginning, and the more pressure that is placed on us to affirm something that we may not agree with, or if we do agree with, it, we we already privately affirm it, and we don't want to public, we don't want to uh, overly affirm it, and, and that. That the Boy Scouts have done, you know, they're saying, okay, well, we're going to overly, you know, we're going to give into this demand, we're going to give into this this pressure, this this lobby to to uh, to affirm what we really don't want to, but now we will, and I think that changes the whole dynamic of the organization. It, well, not I don't think I know it changes the entire dynamic of the organization because. Uh, when when you talk, particularly with the Boy Scouts, you know it's all about masculinity, celebrating masculinity, and there are many dynamics within the homosexual community. Uh, within uh for gay males, I was reading, just reading. No, I wasn't reading. I was watching a documentary that uh sought to um to examine. The, the the various the the, the various um, dynamics within the homosexual community and even myself when I come across these persons who are uh, persons who are gay bisexual uh, you know sometimes uh, particularly with men you know the masculinity it, it you know I can't I can't believe how masculine they are to be gay but that's just me I, I you know and then there are those uh, who are overly feminine, and it was it is these that you know. I'm gonna be honest; with you, those are the ones who are the most offensive offensive to me. I have no problem with homosexuals, but the overly feminine. Come on now, you know, it's one thing to to express that, but then to go out of your way to, I mean, to be more fem, more feminine than a woman. That's you know, and 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 that causes a lot of confusion for me because I, I've struggled. Trying to understand this difference between those who are transgender, those who are um, bisexual, and those who are outright, you know, gay, and homosexual. I'm struggling to understand it because, you know, again, the dynamics within that community is art Some go to extreme, and some are rather quiet, and it's hard thing. But it does change, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It does change when when those when 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 that is adapted, it changes the dynamic of the organization. For example, if the AME Church today, if the AME Church today were to say that it will begin to affirm uh, homosexuals and affirm same-sex marriage, the entire identity of the organization will change. It will shift from the type of organization that it has been over the last two centuries you know it has been about social justice it's been about uh the righteousness of god being the prophetic voice against the injustice of america you know the all of that as as well as as being a strong zion for christ but once that once that dynamic changes you know everything shifts you know and and that's something no organization can uphold and i don't see the girl scouts doing that uh I, I maybe because you know I, I don't know I can't speak to that. Speaking of Girl Scouts, if y'all have some cookies, I ain't supposed to eat them, but I I'm gonna be honest with you, I'll buy one just to share. Yeah, a box. So I'm open for Girl Scout cookies too. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm crazy. I yeah I'll blame blank blame the drugs, blame the drugs. So it's the drugs talking. So the Boy Scouts will be affirming um, and allowing uh, young boys who are openly homosexual to become a part of their organization. And like I say, I, I still have a great love for this. I still have my uh, Scout's Handbook. I still have it. I still use my – you know, I still can say the pledge. I'm not going to say it right now. I, I, all of that stuff I appreciate, and and I appreciate the role it, it has it had in helping me become the man that I am becoming. But you know, again uh what 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 will happen, you know that that's a mighty change and you know, I, I don't think it's gonna change the organization much. I, I don't think it's going to change how the over It may be a little more beneficial. I don't know. You know. But we shall see. And those interested in scouting, uh, I, I don't want you not to deny your young man, your son, your, your son, the opportunity to be in scouting. In AME Church, we have scouting. And and there's no way, even because of this, that I would deny someone, a uh, young man, the opportunity to be in a scout. Uh, I think it's a wonderful privilege. And, again, it's just one of those things you adapt to. You, you don't always have to agree but you don't deny an opportunity to a child because of that. Uh, and, you know, they'll be able to make their own decisions. So, you know, you don't beat them up for it. You just let them be. And, and you know, they're the ones that have to live with it. Anyway, I digress. So I think it's one I, – I think it's uh, – I know it's a wonderful thing for me to be a scout. And, and despite their uh, – Despite the sexual preferences and I I know it still be beneficial for any young man to be a part of the scouting. Alright. So uh let's uh segue here to this next topic. I was uh and, and, and I was segue here. Um I touched on it briefly when you know when I was talking about scouting and you know, uh talking about Pastor Andy Stanley. Now Andy Stanley is probably one of the more I say uh He's in the top five most influential uh pastors of this century. And by the century I mean the twenty first century. Um he's the son of Charles Stanley, both based in the Atlanta area. Um if you don't know the story, it, it's a it's it's a disheartening story um betwixt the father and the son, you know. Charles Stanley is probably one of the more renowned pastor teachers of the 20th century, uh, you know, well, still he's still going. He ain't dead yet. I think he's like 80, maybe 81 years old, and he's still pastoring in, at First Baptist in, in Atlanta. He did a wonderful job when he was called there 40, 50 years ago. Is that long? 40 years ago, I believe. 50 years ago, yeah, because it's it's a 60s. So yeah, yeah, you do the math. 40, 50 years. Anyway, so he built up this wonderful. Uh, Mega church in Atlanta and ministry of In Touch. And the millions watch weekly, listen weekly, so dozens of books and uh, ministry materials, of which I have some in my possession that have really blessed me, really, really blessed me. And his son, Andy, Charles Andy, Andy St- uh, Stanley, uh, was heir to the throne of the Stanley ministry. Uh, serving under his father as youth pastor at first baptist and when they planted a satellite church he saw over oversaw that church and he grew and they fell out because he divorced his mother charles stanley divorced his mother um and of course being fundamental in that in that sense of divorce calling divorce a sin uh that I'm giving you the background story because I'm leading up to the, the story of uh, Andy Stanley preaching at um the president's inaugural church service. So anyway, so father and son fall out he starts his North Point church, uh, I think that's the name of it, with several campuses in the Metro Atlanta area. And he teams up I mean he he's 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 as renowned as his father with a mega church 20 25,000 members, multiple site locations, uh noted author himself, noted conference speaker himself and gets the invitation to speak, to preach at the inaugural church service for President Obama uh last week. And because um I I I didn't I, I didn't talk on it last week because I had my guest, but he it, 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 he offended a lot of people, and I don't like using the word offended. He upset some people. I mean, just outright upset them, because he called the he called President Obama, the uh, pres, the pastor in chief, and, and I've talked about this before. You've heard me discuss this before when uh, when President Obama made his affirmation of same sex marriage last year. Um, and a lot of people were A lot of people Were coming to his defense A lot of preachers, black preachers In particular uh, Such as Freddie Hayes of uh, Friendship West And Otis Moss the Third Of um, Trinity In Chicago Those guys came to his defense And their argument Their argument was President Obama is President of the United States And not Pastor of the United States. And that was their argument. That was their primary argument. And and they defended President Obama by saying he can affirm as president. And whether he, you know, espouses his Christian views, uh, or rejects the biblical uh, uh view uh presented, you know, big biblical argument presented. He is president and not pastor. And here comes, um, here comes Pastor Andy Stanley, who is a non-traditional Baptist, by the way. He is a Baptist. He's uh not uh, affiliated with the Baptist Southern Baptist Convention as his father is. He's he's uh non-denominational. Uh, or independent, I guess you could say more. He's independent, but he is Baptist. He, he's Evangelical Baptist, trained Evangelical Baptist seminary, um, you, you know, so forth and so on. Doctor standing, both of them are doctors. Uh, so they're both learned, they're both educated, and they're both um, Baptist. Baptist preacher, Southern in the sense that his church is in South, in Atlanta. In Georgia, the deep south, you know, what they call us folk out here, the deep south. And have you You have this southern Baptist preacher, uh, prominent, influential, and uh, very, 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 uh, um, I won't say conservative. He's not conservative. He's more progressive. Uh, and, and there's some arguments about that. But here he's calling the president of the United States, he's calling him pastor in chief. Now I, I I've tried to get I others I, insight on this and and I, I haven't gotten what I was expecting, you know. Because they kept telling me to go back to the context of what he was saying and, and the context of his sermon and um I, I couldn't find it online. I I didn't spend enough time, I'm being honest with you, I just didn't spend enough time trying to um trying to argue me uh trying to find it but um it it's it's one of those it's one of those kind of um slap in the faces kind of thing to to for me the way I interpret it it um you you have the black pastors who are saying that he is not um yeah, here. Hold on. Uh, I'm about to pull it up later. I'm not gonna to waste too much time. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm gonna take a break, and when I come back from the break, what I'll do, I should be able to find it, and I'll have it up then. So I'm gonna take this quick break, and when I come back, we'll get back into that discussion. Be right back. Vacuum the mud, lock the floor, with so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this it's You have the magic touch. Maximum strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion, and only Mucinex is a bilayer tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> what about my taboolin'? Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. Thrilling. Beef isn't with you, Lewis. Sensational effects like selective color in HD movie and stills, and amazing photo quality that packs a Nikon punch. Okay, guys. You're a natural. The Nikon D5100, a DSLR so versatile. We shot this whole commercial with it. The compact D5100. And check out the waterproof, freeze-proof, shock-proof Coolpix AW100. Dad, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the shared data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Mm -hmm. Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. To find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength, to chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility, making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. Lower your foot make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting today is yours to go find your power and where you'll find it is within Going to the, uh, well, I was going to finish up. I want to put a quick plug in for this. Uh, I, I, I I like chocolate. I can't eat it because I'm diabetic, but I like it. And I, I know a lot of people who like chocolate. And there are a lot of people, you know, who do the chocolate candy thing, you know, the box candy thing for Valentine's. Let me let me ask, let me recommend Sherry's Berries to you. Go to their website, uh, berries dot com, and Sherry's Berries. I get some of the best stuff you can find. Yeah, chocolate dipped strawberries that are just. I mean, whew, Lord Jesus, making me think about it right now, make me want one. I, 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 It's it's wonderful. And then you can get a dozen. You can get two dozen. You can get cake to go with it. You can get uh, cookies to go with it. You can get all kinds of stuff to go with it. And you can even get, order some flowers to go with it. But you might want to look into doing that. That's something special, you know. Instead of doing the, the box stuff for Valentine's Day, go ahead and do that, okay? Hey, that's my plug-in. All right. Now, hey. I can't talk. It's my show. All right. <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, well, during the break, I, I I pulled up the article that I was reading about Andy Stanley, and you can pull it up on Christianity Today. Um, Christianity Today website has it. And um, the question was an interview uh, by uh, Mark Galley. And uh, Mark Galley asked the question, did Andy Stanley really mean Obama is pastor-in-chief? And um uh, it's not a long article. It's uh, about four pages long on the in the website. But he gets down to this question here, uh, and and put it, he asked them about the context of the sermon. And uh uh Pastor Stanley puts the context in uh saying in John thirteen where he, he that the scripture came from and talked about the, the the audience that he would be facing as president, now, Obama would be facing as president, it's not just a local audience, but it's a global audience. And in that context, um, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was it's a lot that was on his shoulders to bear. And then um, he mentions that, uh says, Mr. President, you have a big room, as big as the nation, as big as the world. My prayer for you is that you continue to leverage the stewardship of power for the sake of our nation and the world. And he talks about um the book that he read uh that uh with George Washington and King George the third in it and the decision of Washington to go against King George was not only one of courage, but of greatness. That was a sign of greatness. And and so in asking the question, he said um, he called the president pastor in chief. And this is the context that he put it in light of the shootings at Sandy Hook, in light of the shootings in or uh, in um where was that or uh, Colorado Aurora, Colorado, in light of the shooting uh, with Representative Giffords, and in light of the other shootings that have been taking places, uh, the role of the president has become one of pastor-in-chief particularly after sandy hook and and hurricane sandy you saw you saw him in his role of compassionate man not just a leader of the free world you saw him particularly after sandy hook you saw him in the role of father uh with children as well as in the role of president And, and you know and the context of that, yeah, I can see so well i, I can I can imagine the burden and that that was placed on him to when he had to speak at those events, and of course, during the press conference, holding back the very tears matter of factly um <laughs> this has nothing to do but uh on this past weekend, uh he was asked hypothetically of course, that if he had a son, would he allow his son to play football, and the president replied uh the the sport has gotten you know." a little too violent, and he probably would not allow his son to play football. Now, some people might take that as, okay, the president said we should cut football, Football, you know, you have some of the jobs like that. And yes, I did say that job because those people are crazy. Yes, I just said those people are crazy. and I'm not taking it back. So if I offended it, tough. Okay, if I offended you, tough. Anyway, so, in light of that, yes, he has been serving in capacity of in a pastoral capacity, in comforting those people on a not just as a president, but bringing the voice of the people, the compassion of the people of this country to those people who were mourning in those moments. That that's that's a very uh, it is a it's a big 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 responsibility. And as pastor, as Pastor Stanley mentioned, you know. Are expected to carry that. You know, there was a um, it was a time when a child. I've had to minister and I've had to bear the brunt of children. You know, parents losing children. I've had to bear the brunt of parents. You know, losing their children to violence, uh, and some to natural. But not be that wasn't a time to bring up the issue of whether they came to church or not. You know. I had issue one time with, with a pastor who would not allow a family to use the church for the funeral of a child who was killed in um in a drive by, you know, it was a straight bullet that killed him, and, and the pastor refused to allow the family to use the church because uh the boy's the mother and the son were not members of the church. They didn't go to uh, they were either not members of the church or they, you know, it was something as frivolous as that. And in the time when that pastor should have been rallying behind that family, you know he chose to allow his his pride to get in the way and I've actually had uh there was another occasion where um uh, pastor uh a child was killed violently and the family the pastor allowed the family to to use the facilities and it was a very you know it was one of the, a large church and and the pastor allowed the family to do it, and uh, the, you know, although the the pastor was not the family's pastor, uh, he allowed the family's pastor, who was a woman, a female, to you know they allowed them to to do the service, and it was a Baptist church, and the female, of course, you know Baptists they don't allow female anyway. The, the anyway, what happened was the pastor discovered that the news crews were there, you know, media outlets were there and hurriedly came to the service preached the funeral did not regard um the the program at all he was not on the program at all <laughs> not on the program at all and stood up and said because it was his church he was going to preach the funeral and didn't know the child didn't know anything about the situation what you know and nonetheless it was it was very very uh, degrading and demeaning and offensive to the family, to everybody, you know, things like that. So as a pastor, I can understand that type of burden when you have to speak on behalf of the people. So in that sense, yes, moments like that, you cannot deny that he acts in a pastoral capacity. Um, now, relating that to the incident of affirming same sex uh, same-sex marriage, that was not in a pastoral capacity. And those two cannot be even though it's the same individual, it is not the same context. It's not the same thing. When when he's speaking on behalf of the nation the you know, mourning loss of children, mourning loss of of you know, destruction of property, things of that nature. When he does that, he is acting in a capacity as, you know, in a sense, not as a pastor. But he's acting in that sense, in that capacity. Doesn't mean he is the pastor. Doesn't mean he is a shepherd. Doesn't mean any of that. Doesn't mean he has that gift or that anointing or anything like that. No. But you know, it it is a role that he, he has to take on in those moments. But when you affirm things like that, you ain't you know they ain't they were justified in saying those who were defending him were justified in saying he's not the pastor in chief. You know, he's not. My argument has always been when he made that affirmation he did so in the context of scripture by saying you know using scripture to say treat others as you have them treat yourself and of course that has nothing to do with affirming anything especially affirming uh, other than uh uh fulfilling the commandment um love your neighbor as yourself loving god with all of your your being intenting, you know all your entity your essence so in, the, in that context you know, of course, he is not pastor in chief, and in the context of presenting the um, the, uh, the grief of the nation, yeah, that that is justifiable, and but a lot of people took offense to that because you know of, of how he said that, but. um this is what he he said, This Stanley says this, Stanley says, uh, Mr. President, I don't know the first thing about being president, but I know about being a pastor and doing the Newton Virg, uh, uh, candlelight vigil uh, on behalf of all of us as clergy we say thank you because what you did but what he did uh, that made him a pastor in chief. So that's the context that uh, Andy Stanley was presenting that argument. And for us black preachers, you know, we just got to stop. You know, we just have to stop uh, raising him higher than what he is. President Obama higher than what he is. You know, he's president, and um, as governing president, he he is doing what is expected of him. I guess it depends on uh, who you speak to in that context of question. What is you know what is expected of him? uh and segwaying into Ben who who is the president of the NAACP, and, and what he's saying is about black people under President Obama, how you know, we have not fared as well. <laughs> Matter of fact we have fared worse. Those are his words now. Ben jealous, we have fared worse under President Obama. <clears throat> the black the country's back to pretty much where it was when this president started is what Mr o- Jealous says. And again, think about the black uh unemployment rate twelve point something uh twelve point five twelve point seven something like that uh whereas the national average is just uh, uh just over eight percent now where you know uh somewhere in there so he, he he's admitting that there, there could be done more for blacks, so you know while we're trying to put him in high esteem uh uh as president and while we're trying to Uh, find some ways to deify him so that, you know, it won't be taken away from us. (laughs) You know, as it seems, you know, the villainy is that uh, we have to solidify his legacy as the first black president. Despite what he has done or what he does, what he affirms or what he does not affirm, we have to seal his legacy just like we sealed Dr. King's legacy. And I'm sure <laughs> I know I'm going to big extreme, but it, that's the way it comes across. Excuse me, that's the way it comes across. And we have to I mean we we, we you know, we gotta get off ourselves really. And, and see see it all in the context of what it really is. And do our part do our part in calling to calling the president to see the injustices. To see the inadequacies, to see the imbalances in our country, and to call to arms those who can do what is necessary to bring about the change that he wanted to bring about. And when I say call to arms, I'm not talking about gun control, and I'm not talking about you know physical arms. I'm talking about you know the malady that is plaguing this country is not a, it's not an economic one alone. It's not a. Um, it's not a policy one alone; it is a spiritual one, and until we get those those of us who are girded and able to fight the fight of faith, not against a policy, not against a doctrine not against the individual, but against the spirits, the principalities, all this stuff the the things that we can't see that is really causing the plagues that is you know coming upon this country. And, yes, I call them plagues because that's where they are. You know, you, you got violence. And, and I, I mean, <laughs> they're shooting up at churches. Now, it, it, it doesn't get any worse than that. You know, yes, shooting in schools is horrible. Yes, shooting in public malls is horrible. But when you're shooting at church, come on now, <laughs> doing <Door> service, <laughs> that, 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 that says a lot about where we are as a country and the natural storms that are that are plaguing this nation you know disasters that are coming on this country there is a call to arms for Those of us who are believers in Christ, those of us who have faith uh, the size of a mustard seed, those of us who have girded up our lawns, who have taken up the sword of the Spirit, those of us who have girded up ourselves with the full, whole armor of God, it is a call to arms for us. It is a call to arms for us to go to battle, not for a policy. uh, of policy against homosexuality, not for all that stuff. It's it's a it's a call on for us to be righteous, to be holy, to be sanctified, to allow God's word to reign in us and bring about the things that is necessary to cause this country to prosper. And when we do When we do that, it will turn the country around. And if Christ so happens to come before that happens, then so be it. We can say that we will do, we have done, and we are doing what is commanded of us. I'm getting a little excited about that. (laughs) We are doing what is commanded of us until he comes. And when he does come, he will find us working. As Scripture says, you know, we must work while his day and night. Come when nobody can work. And uh, you know, but anyway, I digress. (sighs) I wonder if I did did I get everything I what I wanted to talk about. You know, we got next week, and and uh, you know. Till then, listen, guys. I I really want to appreciate you for listening to the show. You guys help us. We've had over a thousand listeners every week, and I tell you, it's amazing. I I just appreciate your support. I appreciate everything you guys do for us to make this show wonderful. And and we want you to continue to listen. We want you to continue to listen, share with your friends, visit the Facebook page, visit the blog. We'll be updating that. We're trying to do better in doing in in updating that. Um. But until then, hey, we, we, I, I'm gonna go ahead and get off this thing because you know I was feeling a little, I was feeling that man. I was really feeling that. But until uh, next until uh, next week, boy, enjoy this weekend. Root for whoever you're gonna root for. Shout for who you root, you're gonna shout for. And uh, if you catch a uh, if you catch a uh, Beyonce show. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she's going to be good. <laughs> I'm sure they ain't going to want to listen to nothing else after that. <laughs> this is the Day. This is Zero Today. Tune in again. We look forward to hearing from you. Take care. God bless.